I'm just looking at the lyrics for Iris and being emo about Tobias. <laughs> we have to start um, recording before we lose all this good, good content. <laughs> Yurks and taxons if you manage to get some earbuds in. Welcome folks to the Wonder Yurks for all your Animorphs re-reading and occasional re-watching needs. I'm Blair. And I don't want the world to see me because I don't think that they'd understand. When everything's made to be broken, I just want you to know who I am, which is Seda. I'm Seda. Hello, I'm Seda. <laughs> hey, Seda. <laughs> um, they, they play that song in this book. They do? <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> It was such a weird pull, and so early on, I was like, I feel like whenever an actual piece of literature mentions something that I'm familiar with, it always sends me for a loop, you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's so of its, like, obviously, Animorphs is super 90s, this is known, Mm -hmm. but when they, they, they just have those, like, specifically, so I even actually googled, like, Goo Goo Dolls 1998 because I wanted to make sure that it was actually Iris that they mm-hmm. were talking about, that they didn't have like a pre-hit that for some reason the Animorphs would be like <laughs> mentioning like a song before that was big. I'm sure they did, but mm-hmm. um, no, I googled it just to make sure and then I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Goo Goo Dolls. The Goo Goo Dolls. Now that's God. not a name I hear very often. No, it's not a good band name. It's really, really bad. It sucks to see, hear, and say. Yeah, it sounds (laughs) like it sounds like morphing noises. Oh no! (laughs) (laughs) I hated the Goo Goo Dolls for a while because they did a cover of a Super Tramp song, Mm. um, and Super. I really loved Super Tramp when I was a kid. I still do, but I like super loved Super Tramp, Mm -hmm. and they covered it, and I was like. You ruined my favorite band. You do my one of my songs from favorite band. You can't even how good you can do it. Um, which is how I talked when I was <laughs> twelve, probably. <laughs> Among us, <laughs> it's like the same thing as when like Jay Z used that Lincoln Park song, mm-hmm. um, and I was like, oh God, you're just gonna go around using Lincoln Park in your rap music, and now I like fully recognize that. Numb encore slaps harder than numb. Maybe that's yeah. controversial, but <laughs> um, uh, uh, this is only semi-related. But I do you remember when Rihanna I think sampled Numa Numa and me being like the thirteen-year-old weeb I was. It's called something else, but that's Dragon just what I know. Saw, did so, Tay something, something like, like that. that? Yeah. Um, and I, like, heard it on a bus once, and I was like, oh, I think I'm actually dying right now. I think my soul is... Because <laughs> they were just playing the song, and then Rihanna uh-huh. was there, and I was like, oh, this kind of heightens the experience somehow. <laughs> what a pull for, like, a pop music sample. Yeah, it's so, so strange. So strange. Because only really has meme notoriety. I mean... Yeah. You know. (laughs) 
a more mean Yeah, I mean, it rap. is a pretty, it's actually a pretty good song. Right. Um, but it's not like, I don't think that it was known for anything except for the kid dancing to it. Right. <laughs> Which I do remember watching on like dial-up internet that took, you know, 20 something minutes to like load the video. And then we were like, look at this guy dancing to this song. Mm-hmm. The internet's amazing. I remember desperately trying to find the song on iTunes so I could put it on my iPod shuffle in uh, elementary oh, school. Yeah. <laughs> I was Yeah, I'm sure weak. I'm sure that I like probably downloaded it from LimeWire under the name like the Numa Numa song mm-hmm. rather than its actual name and who mm-hmm. the fuck knows what the artist was that LimeWire said it was cuz I <laughs> doubt it was the real one. <laughs> Definitely not. Um <laughs> I I came on to the whole pirating scene pretty late because I don't think I even knew what LimeWire was until it wasn't a thing anymore. Yeah. So I was yeah, just a it, good it was kind of one citizen. of the early ones. I, I'm sure that I've told this story on a podcast before, so I'll just mention it really briefly. But I did take down my parents' entire office network <laughs> uh, trying to download a Pink song from uh, Kazaa. Uh-huh. Uh huh. <laughs> I downloaded a virus and it literally took down the entire building's network because they were all connected. And uh, I just uh, never fessed up to that crime, but I've told the story on air before, I guarantee. So maybe somebody will learn sometime that it was the seven-year-old. Yeah, the intersection between people who want to listen to people talk about Animorphs and people who worked at that business um, would be really something. Yeah. Um, your chances probably aren't it's, super significant. Yeah, it's hard for me to estimate how old those people were because who knows? Maybe they were like thirty-five, but I was really young, so they seemed like one hundred and six. Right. So I'm like, I'm like, they're not possibly still alive, are they? They'd be like six hundred years old. Um, <laughs> but then I'm like, well, no, they might be fifty. <laughs> right. <laughs> no. Well, yeah, they're probably older than that, but around you know. there, <laughs> something reasonable. Yeah, they're probably not the fucking crypt keepers. <laughs> Unless they are. Unless they are. Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> that's like my, my cool claim to fame. I go on like a Reddit thread that's like, what was your weirdest celebrity encounter? And I'm like, my parents worked with the fucking Crypt Keeper. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> <That's> good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm like very caffeinated today and then I took a nap. So I'm just going to have a lot of different energies going on. A word, yeah. And it's going to be fine. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, this cover is yeah, fine. Let's get into it. Yes, um, we read book 33, uh, The Illusion, and yeah. the cover is an illustration of uh, a hawk turning into an andalite with a semi-transparent young man in the background. I know. I like... I just funny to me that they do they're like by the way this is tobias book and you know because here's a little boy (laughs) hidden in the background (laughs) it's like what why um (laughs) there's nothing about this cover that isn't ridiculous yeah no that's very true (laughs) um just on account of the fact that uh standalites look very very ridiculous in general Um, and you get sort of like a hippogriff thing going on in the middle. Yeah. Between a hawk and an andalite. But like the worst kind. But the really bad kind of <laughs> hippogriff, yeah. And oh, then I no. guess they, they want Tobias in the background to have like a similar facial expression. But a human can't make any of the expressions that 
the that the Andalite and Hawk are making, so right. they just sort of look concerned with a mushroom cut. Yeah, <laughs> which seems pretty. Um, that's how I would be, you know. I would be very concerned <laughs> with a mushroom I cut. This. I don't. I'm not a huge fan of what's happening with the uh, one right before full Andalite. So like mm. the fourth one. Mm-hmm. Because you've got sort of a puffy, like, bee-stung Andalite face with, uh-huh. a, with a mouth that looks like he's about to yell. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, he's really been trying to hold back and can't anymore. Yeah, I feel like he's mad at me and I did something yeah. wrong. I didn't uh-huh. put the dishes away or something and he's really upset about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also the man hands, like the human man hands on the last Andalite. I know. Like the last one. <laughs> um. I just don't like how this artist doesn't have Andalites be all over blue. They're like pink in spots, and it's yeah, sucks. And no reason for it. <laughs> it sucks. It's the face and the hands, and they look like adult human man hands. Yeah, and it. I know that this is just like the art style of the Andalite, but yet again in this book we get another like discussion about how andalite arms are like weak and puny and stupid uh, but here they are <laughs> here's a teen andalite with <laughs> giant man hands <laughs> just drives me crazy it's, look there's a lot to unpack about uh common artist interpretations of andalites yeah i will <laughs> say one thing that i really do like though i like the second one i like the hawk with little stock ears starting to come out yeah I think I'm I'm kind of into that one. Yeah, it's got four legs but wings too. Yeah, this looks like somebody trying to do a medieval like trying to mash up hard sci-fi and fantasy. Yeah. Like they're like, I wanna do aliens, but I want them to be like medieval, like Tolkien esque. Yeah. What an um, idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean to be fair, that's kind of Andalites but elves, you know? word oh yeah. no i think we've definitely had this discussion but it's not something i think about very often so yeah. it always kind of hits me with its full force yeah um every time i think about how andalites are just elves i know <laughs> so one of the reasons i love this book so much was that we get some more glimpses into like andalite culture mm-hmm. um because we get i mean i'm sure the cover will uh, have you assuming Tobias is going to turn into an Andalite at a certain point? <laughs> yes. He he acquires Axe and he turns into it. So we get um, Axe trying to teach him how to be an Andalite and do some stuff, and also like more glimpses into what it's actually like to physically be one. Because right. obviously Axe doesn't know how to describe what it's like to be an Andalite because he just is one. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like you can't describe what it feels like to have a human brain because unfortunately we ha- we got him. <laughs> Um, and <laughs> you have nothing to compare it to. Right, right. <laughs> Though, actually, I guess that doesn't really count for the Animorphs. They can compare it to brains, other brains. They can compare it to all sorts of other brains. <laughs> but not a lot of other sentient creatures, I guess. Right. Now yeah, they have a couple at their disposal. They got a couple. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm um, very curious if, like, Andalites look different enough, like... I like there's lit- I don't think there's literally any canon answer that you could possibly give but like Tobias acquiring axe and then turning into axe in front of Visser 3 wouldn't would Visser 3 be like 
yo, what the fuck? <laughs> You're the same guy. <laughs> I thought that too. Um, the only reason I was, I was, I think, yes, probably to someone who knows Andalites particularly well. And despite the fact that Visser 3 is like controlling an Andalite body, he's also a huge fucking dumbass. Yeah. So I think <laughs> that probably is in their favor as well. That's true. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the 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 Yerk has to like filter the information, and the Yerk obviously, as is well documented, doesn't know how to put two and two together. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mister Three doesn't know basic math. He just does not know anything. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so basic math uh segue was gonna be something about school, and then my brain stopped working. Um, they're at a school dance. Yes. <laughs> Oh, this intro is so strange. Oh, it's, it's so strange. I love the, like, hits of Marco we get in the first scenes, where Marco's just, like, at his most, like, extroverted class clowny. He's just, like, performing full choreographed fucking dances in the school gymnasium or whatever. Yeah. And like, don't you guys know how to have fun? And Tobias and Rachel are like, no, no. <laughs> we have depression. And, and Marco's like moonwalking and he's like fine I'll find my own party and it's like oh my, what the fuck Marco I love him so much <laughs> I just really identify with him at this age especially and younger when I would go to school dances uh, I was called out at one point for when slow music would play I would just do the chicken dance really really slowly instead <laughs> and like everyone else <laughs> everyone else would like find a friend or a crush and they'd be like slow dancing and I'd be off to the side like and do the dance really slowly and then I guess that was interpreted as mocking the other children and so I was told to stop <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I don't man. think I was making fun of them. I think that's just who I was. And like, you were just having too. fun. I was having my own time, you know. <laughs> I remember one time I like decided to slow dance with my best friend because because everyone was like, "You guys slow dance with Danny," and I was like, "Fine, yo, bud, let's go." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we were like, and I had like a can of Coke in one hand from hitting up that fucking snack table or whatever. Right. And I had like my hands on his shoulders and I would just like take one off and sip from this can of Coke every like few beats. And one <laughs> of my friends came up and like took it from my hand and gave me a look. And I was like, <laughs> and had to like actually commit to putting my hands on his shoulders. I was like, what a... Like, even, like, sexuality aside, what a glimpse into the future of my dating life. (laughs) And, like, my entire romantic history that some people would be like, can you take this seriously? And I'd be like, Mike, hey, give me my drink. (laughs) Okay, fine. (laughs) Just metaphorically drinking Coke through everything. (laughs) Just sipping my soda in the school cafetorium. (laughs) Cafetorium? Was that another thing? Auditorium and cafeteria, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it's Mm. like where the school plays would be. Mm. Yeah. Mm -mm. (laughs) I mean, I understand the concept (laughs) of it, but that's not... No, no, no. That's not me. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) um, We... I only went to one school dance. I went to, like, my sophomore year homecoming, and then I Mm. was like, fuck all of this. This is not fun. (laughs) Uh, But it was hosted in the cafeteria, and then we had something that was affectionately called as the pit, where all the freshmen sat for lunch. 
And that's yeah, just <laughs> the, of the, course. The, <laughs> so the, the dance just happened in the pit. So that was fun, I guess. <laughs> that's great. I went mm-hmm. to a lot of school dances, but I still love, like, I still go dancing all the time. So obviously when I had more energy and was a teenager, I also did. I think that I stopped going to school dances when they got really, like, school spirity. Because oh, I went sure. to a school that was, like, I mean, I guess most high schools are really obsessed with themselves, but, like, right. <laughs> mine, mine got pushy about it. Sure. Um, And then, yeah, just lost my train of thought. Oh, I kept saying that I would go back to a school dance in high school if they played uh there was a miley cyrus song where she taught you how to do a dance in the song Mm. i think it was called boom to clap or something oh mm -hmm. i think you're right hoe down throw down yes yeah (laughs) i started insisting that i would go to a dance if they would play the hoe down throw down um and they never did and it's like, guys, you just need to play it once. You just need to let me do the dance. I have not thought about this in a little while. <laughs> I'm a little surprised that they wouldn't, because that seems like exactly the song they would play at my school. <laughs> I think that, well, so, because I would have, this would have been when I was in like grade 11 or 12. And sure. so I was doing it kind of ironically. I, I was doing it incredibly ironically, obviously. <laughs> but I think that it, like, it was too close to I was like one level of irony more than the general populace at the time so it was like Mm -hmm. too close to sincere for them to be comfortable playing it (laughs) and I was all the way out there with irony poisoning be like play the hoedown throwdown (laughs) but like the most fun kind of irony poisoning yeah exactly (laughs) yeah where you dance about it when you dance about it I love to dance about things Oh god. Um, yeah. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah, so they the Rachel like Tobias suspects that Rachel's trying to purposefully get him trapped in his human morph, which is interesting. Yeah. Um because it also that is kind of exactly what it feels like is happening anyway cuz yeah. he he looks at the clock he's like shit, I've got 8 minutes until I got to not be a, a human person anymore. Mm-hmm. Um and like he like bolts and then Rachel has, like, this long conversation with him, like, yeah. just, like, unpack. She's like, let's unpack right now. And he's like, I am a little bit on a timetable. <laughs> right. I also, so this entire book, like, the entire way through felt very cinematic to me in the way that it was written. Like, they were very, very focused on the visuals of what was happening. Mm-hmm. And that starts really early because as Tobias is, like, running to find somewhere that he can demorph, Rachel's like, hey, wait, let's. Uh, talk about it and Tobias slides to a stop in front of a like school project that was displays of birds of prey mm-hmm. and he actually calls oh it out God. he's like he's like this is ironic or like this is funny or whatever but it's mm-hmm. and that I you because I can see the shot happening where he just stops and he looks at her and then he looks at the poster and then like looks back at her <laughs> <laughs> and then this I I don't know okay I don't think that this scene was dishonest because I think that the emotions, I just think it was a little clumsy mm-hmm. uh, with Rachel being like, she literally says, I'm, I'm, cause, okay, it's cause they're talking about how like, oh, it's not normal to, for a human girl to date a bird. <laughs> and right. And Rachel literally says, I'm not just a warrior, I'm a girl. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay. <laughs> like, I get it. 
but yeah. I don't think that would be the language she would use. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. And I think she probably call herself like a kid or something like that because that is what she is. You know? Yeah. Totally. And I think that like it it displays especially. I think that they probably needed to have the dialogue, but the rest of the book is so filled with Tobias having this incredible sense of what people are saying underneath what they're actually saying, mm -hmm. that having it explicitly said felt extra clumsy to me. Sure, yeah. Um, which is another detail I love about this book, that Tobias is so good at reading people. Um, yeah. And, and seeing that from his perspective is, uh, like, amazing. Mm -hmm. It's really mm -hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this, I mean, I've, I've always loved Tobias, but this was such like yeah. a profoundly impactful Tobias book where I was mm -hmm. like, oh, you are like my actual adopted son. I know, it's true. Like, oh my God, and we, we like, so, so quickly we get into that because, um, so like as Tobias is running around, he sees Chapman has cornered Eric and is like, I've seen you at the sharing and I just saw that you were smoking and you can't do that because the sharing all need to be good boys or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, uh, uh, he runs the other way so that Chapman doesn't see him and he runs into another teacher, um, who he describes as like, he, uh, one of his only friends when he was yeah. a human mm -hmm. um and he describes the teacher as young and a dreamer like an older me and like <laughs> this teacher seems to genuinely care about him like seems disappointed when he can't find him and when Rachel's right. like no i don't think that was tobias and seems like genuinely sad but tobias actually being like oh yeah you were like one of the only people i could talk to and uh you're like artsy and cool like i probably would have been Bye, I gotta be a bird. Aww. I was like, <laughs> clawing at my own heart. That is so interesting. I, like, want to, like, read, like, probably, like, a fan exploration of, like, all these tertiary characters, you know? Yeah. And, like, their relationship with the chaos that's happening around them that they are just not privy to, you know? totally um, i'd love to like get the perspective of some of these teachers like after the series like i, I didn't write this teacher's name down i think it was like mr k or something like that mm -hmm. and i'd love to get the perspective of him being like oh there is this really sad kid with like a lot of family troubles and i always saw a lot of potential in him and tried to nourish that and then he just stopped coming to school and then it turns out he was fighting a war against my boss <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh shit yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and, uh, as he, like, Jake is, I know that Jake was, like, doing something before, but I love that Tobias, like, turns into a bird and then just, like, flies by Jake sitting alone on a bench. <laughs> He's an introspective young man. <laughs> it just makes me think of that, like, Parks and Rec screen cap where Adam Scott's character is, like, eating soup alone on a bench at lunchtime, and they're like, is he eating soup alone? <laughs> It's like, yes, that's Jake. And Tobias <laughs> describes him as having the eyes of an old man. Um, yeah. I love Tobias's, like, perspective on Jake in this mm -hmm. because he's talking about how, like, mm -hmm. I mean, they're so honest with each other mm -hmm. in such a lovely way where Jake's, like, making jokes about famous, like, military leaders and Tobias is like, you've been reading up, bud? And Jake's like, shh, I want it to be effortless. <laughs> that was it was so funny and so cute and it's yeah <laughs> it's fun to see jake in a less serious role but still his serious like oh like 
extremely intense child self, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's and just I, it's, uh, And Tobias is basically like, Jake's telling me the right things, but it's hard to tell with Jake if they're real anymore, because he's boss man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he says something about, like, Jake used to be, like, a, an honest person to, like, a fault, basically, and now he's just not, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. And another interesting thing is that a couple girls say hi to Jake and he like clearly doesn't recognize them. And there's like, I can't remember who says it, but someone says, one of them makes note of the fact that, you know, they're just both so involved with saving the world and whatever that they don't have time to socialize the same way that they used to, even though yeah. other people are still aware of their presences. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They like, a couple girls walk by and they're like, hi, Jake. And he's like, hey, um, Brittany and she's like whatever (laughs) oh no um and we basically learn that the chi have lost track of the anti-morphing ray Mm -hmm. Uh, they just don't know where it is um Mm -hmm. the whole thing with eric getting quote-unquote caught smoking just never stops being funny to me it like just like and it's called out like tobias is like imagine like a stupid like an ageless android smoking and then axe of course i always like aliens coming in and trying to describe weird human destructive tendencies yes he's like i don't get it so you just light like paper and plants on fire what's the problem and the kids are like, well, it's not good for you, and it's addictive, uh, and, and that's not great. <laughs> and Max is like, huh. <laughs> but, like, as if Andalites don't also have pro- things like that, too, probably. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, um, and for for all of this part so far, I've been so excited. Like, it's a little intense, but it's not more intense than I expected Tobias' book to be. Right. And then I get really hyped up because they realize <laughs> to try and find the anti-morphing ray, they're going to get captured on purpose. Captured on purpose. I was like, it was like captured on purpose started happening. And I was like, I am so excited to be excited about captured on purpose. <laughs> yeah, same. Yep. I wrote it down in all caps with yes with like seven S's. Uh-huh. Uh, just got really excited. And they're like, they start deciding who's going to get captured on purpose, which I love the logistics of that. And Jake is like, well, I should get captured on purpose because it was my plan. And then Axe is like, I should get captured on purpose so that if the anti-morphing ray works, uh, they morph back me back into an Andalite and they're not surprised to see a human. And then Tobias like looks at Jake and is like, Jake looks upset what's jake upset about what would jake be upset about what would upset jake me being in danger would upset jake fuck he knows that i have to do it but he wants me to volunteer shit okay hey guys maybe i should (laughs) it's like uh we don't get a lot of cassie in this book unfortunately Mm -hmm. um but the little moments we do get i really appreciate because she has a moment here where she like looks up at tobias and tobias just like describes her facial expression as being like sick and proud and like worried mm-hmm. um and uh, i just the two of them are the like obviously the hearts of the right. group yeah and so i just i really appreciate their like their their friendship even though we don't see as much of it as i would i would prefer yeah yeah it's just a little little connection also mm-hmm. cassie is like constantly the one who's like everyone's like volunteering and she's like okay you could die 
Like you could die. There's no way remembering that you could die. Like let's not all be self-sacrificial here. Let's be, you know, responsible about this. They truly in every mission have a like, I am Spartacus moment that Cassie's like, no, guys, only one of us can be Spartacus. (laughs) Logistically. She's like shockingly, like, like surprisingly practical for like her character trope or whatever like she's a very very practical person (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. which I I I appreciate because it would be so easy to make her just like idealistic and foolish but she's not that at all Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I like that because it's both interesting and also hints at like a little bit of darkness in her Mm -hmm. that is way cooler than trying to just make her like sunshine and flowers all the time Mm -hmm. I think she has the same like propensity towards idealism is that the rest of them do uh, mm-hmm. this is just a very well balanced cast <laughs> yes it's true uh i love there's a moment because so basically this the the mission revolves around the fact that the yurks are opening well the sharing is opening this big community center they're having like a big ribbon cutting and whatever and mm-hmm. presenting awards to people in the sharing mm-hmm. and uh eric has a line where he's like guys there's one more thing that i think we should be thinking about and everyone's like what and he says, we, we don't think that the Yerks built this community center out of concern for the community. And it's completely serious. And everyone's like, yeah, Eric. <laughs> no shit. I love Eric so much. Love... Uh, so much fun. <laughs> yeah. And basically they realize that Tobias has to get captured on purpose. And mm-hmm. they decide that he should acquire Axe so that if he has to, quote unquote, demorph, Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's more realistic that he becomes an Andalite. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess I knew it was coming because of the cover. And then even after the conversation started, I, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was so shocked by how, like, touching the entire next while was mm-hmm. with Axe and Tobias. Mm-hmm. Because Axe, like, leads off with saying, like, we're family and we're blood-related kind of but you're not really technically part andalite um but now you will be because you'll have my dna in you and i'm really glad about that Mm -hmm. and i was like holy shit (laughs) family family (laughs) it's already so beautiful and then especially with these two characters for whom like they're loss of family has been so like intrinsic to them and like right. discovering that in each other has been such this like rewarding thing mm-hmm. <laughs> i love it it's really... it's funny when like the found family is also weirdly also like biological family somehow but like by surprise yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> Um, I think about that with because with, with Jake and Rachel too, like they are cousins, but you know, obviously they're discovering that they have to lean on each other in more ways than they expected. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I could depend on my cousins like this. <laughs> um, I'm thinking about it. Would I go to war with any of my cousins? Hmm. <laughs> I Maybe mean, I guess one. desperate desperate times, you know. But <laughs> yeah. I prefer not to if I could avoid it. Exactly. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, and then this just sort of segues into, like, the incredible Andalite stuff that I loved, because Tobias morphs an Andalite, and, of course, first he's like, whoa, Andalite's strong. (laughs) (laughs) Muscle. Big. Yeah. Go fast. Look at how powerful. And then he's like, 
ooh, and I feel Andalite brains are really logical and intense, but also really optimistic. Like, I just feel hopeful inside mm. of me. And he looks over and Axe is, like, smiling at him. Well, smizing at him, I guess. <laughs> yes. And is basically like... Yeah, we're I think that deep down we are peaceful and we were we weren't meant for all of this, but necessity like we had to learn uh how to channel that love for learning and love for life into battle. And it's important, but uh, it would be nice to go back to the other one. <laughs> yeah, which is Basically. so interesting because Andalites have such a uh, militaristic culture. It's like almost to the foundation of their culture at this point you know yeah and so. it's it's so interesting to think about how long that's been going on mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. yeah it's also it's classic that that like optimism can be an intrinsic part of a species <laughs> whatever <laughs> i get it there's, I'm sure there's a certain indomitable human spirit that Axe feels when he turns into a human as well, or whatever. Sure. <laughs> um, and it's the desire for snacks. It's snacks. That's, that is sort of the defining trait of humans for Axe, isn't it? It has mouth. <laughs> if he becomes a dog, does he, like die like... <laughs> oh no he must but i feel like it's it's particular for he oh it's complex maybe but it's particular for humans because they both have the capacity for snacks but also the capacity to create new snacks you know very what I mean? true yeah <laughs> um whereas dogs are just um beholden to the snacks that are available to them it's so true. <laughs> Dogs don't really have, like, food culture. <laughs> they just have eat food. <laughs> um, I love, so I think, I don't remember if we've they've ever actually, like, explicitly detailed this, but we know that Axe has, like, a sunset ritual type thing. Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, Tobias, while you're going to be in Andalite form with me, let's go do the little ritual. Let's go drink. And Tobias describes himself as having the thirst in his legs being quenched, which I don't like. But, like, that's fine, I guess. It makes a certain sense that I hate. <laughs> yeah. And I loved the, like, uh, what is said. Like, when the sunset sun is setting, they have a thing that's, like, from the sunset to the sunrise to when it sets again or whatever. But the part I wrote down that I really love was... um. Every evening they say, we place what is hard to endure with what is sweet to remember and find peace. That's really nice. It's so lovely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, I like that as a hint of like who Andalites have apparently always been, like this more peaceful culture mm -hmm. um, that has just kind of warped itself into a f fighty, <laughs> into fighty boys. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Which makes a certain amount of sense on account of, like, one of their defining characteristics, which is to say morphing is, like, a whole, wholly separate. It's, like, technology. Wholly separate for them, you yeah. know? It's not something that just naturally occurred. It's, like... It's still so hard for me to wrap my head around that. Right. Like, the being separate technology, because they were just introduced at the same time. So the fact right. that it was, like, a weapon they made, I'm like, what? 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's cool though. I think it I think that cool. take it on really it cool. is really cool. <laughs> yeah. And then of course we get the uh, perfect uh uh <laughs> display of the duality of Axe, which is that we get this lovely beautiful scene of him training with Tobias and showing him uh, you know their shared culture and all of this stuff and then we see him in human morph just covered in cotton candy. <laughs> Sticking his hand fully into a fondue. We get like four, I love these pages. We get like four or five pages, it feels like, maybe like at least, of just Tobias trying to guide Axe through a party in human morph while Uh all of the other kids as flies try to also stay with them. And it's so it's like, oh, it's really dialogue heavy and it's really like communicated through Tobias being like and yeah no so you're gonna take the strawberry and you're gonna dip into the fondue use the strawberry please axe use the straw <laughs> and you're gonna want to not eat that you're gonna not want to eat that because Marco's on there and Marco's like please don't eat it and he's like yeah no I'm trying to get him not to eat it Marco I'm trying real hard <laughs> so they're all at the award ceremony uh for like the new community center sort of like there's just a whole bunch of things that are going on right now yeah. um and uh, Jake is there and just as Jake, uh, Jake playing Jake, uh, because his brother controller is getting an award, I guess. Yeah. For like Um, going up the ranks of the sharing, whatever that means. I guess it's, 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 it's akin to like a Boy Scout organization. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Mm -hmm. it's. It's, I just, as with a lot of your things, I don't know if it's a particularly good cover. <laughs> for a it already feels like a cult, technique. so. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, and there's also, they were also talking about how there's a new underground way to get to the Yerk pool that's now developed. So mm-hmm. it's just everyone's, we're just like, they're just all reconnaissancing the whole situation um plus captured on purpose purpose uh mm-hmm. <laughs> shenanigans um so all that chaos happens it's really fun <laughs> yeah and then um something I, I for some reason had a hard time getting my brain wrapped around uh is that they discover that the underground like system is through a playground tunnel so they scope that shit out and then because they see people going in and not coming out the other end mm-hmm. um and they they so uh, they go in and then there's like a pneumatic tube and it's like oh this is a trap I guess they've decided I, there was like some detail there that I missed as how they like yeah figured that a, out <laughs> I had a, I had a similar problem so mm-hmm. I think that it just sort of happened really quickly um mm-hmm. <laughs> I think there might have been something involved with like you have to hit certain codes, or the whole thing might have been a trap. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, because... But uh, they're like, yeah. well, it's a trap, so I guess now we have to pretend to fall into this trap. Captured on purpose! Captured on purpose! Um, uh, I love... So we get a little bit of good Visser 3 just before everything goes down, because Visser 3 shows up in Human Morph to, like, do the awards. Mm-hmm. And at one point, a fly, which is actually Cassie, mm-hmm. buzzes by him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, there's a fly. And four of his guards, like, leap forward. And just imagine if you saw that with, like, a real human man. Like, this really important person is like, there's a fly. And four guards, like, freak out and start doing shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> Whoa. 
like there has to be normies there in the audience that are just like like whoa germaphobe or (laughs) who's this man like cassie finds jake and like lands on his cheek and viscer three comes up and goes to like slap jake across the face to get this fly and jake catches his arms and they like stare each other down it is such a tense moment it's great such a tense moment and also can you imagine like what an animorphs way to die is cassie just gets crushed to death on jake's face (laughs) oh yeah oh no (laughs) i was like you know what yeah yeah Mm mm-hmm but then she hides yeah, it in so the shirt they, pocket. <laughs> they get uh they get trapped and there's a thing where they're in a in a in a trap and then the trap is a different trap, uh, and they're in a different room <laughs> or something. <laughs> Tobias is like Rachel is on Tobias as a fly mm-hmm. and then uh we meet a very hot human yes. <laughs> as is constantly impressed on us. I love Think I understand that this is plot relevant later, but it's I it's I consider a personal favor to me that they gave this controller a human name to refer to her by. Mm-hmm. But this this controller is Subvisor Fifty One, and she's super hot. She's like supermodel hot. She's hot like Rachel is hot, but a little older. And it's like okay, Jesus. Um, <laughs> but she says to everybody to call her Taylor, and I love the contrast here between Taylor and Chapman. Mm-hmm. Um, he makes like a bird pun because they've captured Tobias and she's like, shut the fuck up. You sound like a Batman villain and I hate you. This is really interesting because I was like thinking about how I love how the Yerks as aliens don't always feel super alien just because they're like little cultural sponges that just absorb human mannerisms all the time. So they just feel like sci-fi humans in a way. Like they talk like humans. They understand the world like humans do. Um, there was, this was also happening earlier because there were some guards they were overhearing the conversation of and like just their little bitching mm-hmm. is like, yeah. it was so human in a way that like I really appreciated. Um, it's just, I think it's a really, it really adds a dimension to them that I didn't really think about before and st- until they started throwing around like human idioms and cultural references and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, <laughs> totally, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, that is really interesting, and it, it like, makes them scary, too, because you, it's so easy to start thinking of them as humans, and then they show complete disregard for human slash all life, and you're like, oh, uh." yeah, (laughs) no, (laughs) yeah, yeah, um, and Taylor stuns everyone, and I, at this point, wrote, quote-unquote, what's happening, thank, thank you, space question mark because i just clearly didn't know what to do because uh-huh. i was like is she gonna like double cross is she gonna triple cross is this rachel from the future uh because they kept saying how much she looked like rachel uh-huh. um is this like uh somebody else who is like morphed rachel i genuinely like had seventeen thousand theories i was thinking the same thing like yeah. not one for one but i was like because so she gasses like paralyzed gasses everyone she's like oops i guess i was the only one with the antidote um but it turns out i think she's just like kind of a troublemaker and that's yes (laughs) which is fun um Mm -hmm. in a way that and like everything that happens in this book makes me think we might get we might see a little redemption arc for her later like oh i I wonder yeah yeah. because she's we don't actually see her die (laughs) yeah yeah um and i have the wikipedia article open just you know for reference and it says 
uh, a little little uh, header says contributions to the series story arc. Uh, it says Taylor is introduced, which uh, has me believe that she will oh, be interesting. present later. So. I, sorry, this I just got so scared because I heard a scratching noise at my door. Oh no! Um, but I looked over and I just saw two cat paws fully thrust under as far <laughs> as they possibly can go. Aww. Wasn't a monster. I saw us last night, so I'm a little on edge. Oh sure. Uh, <laughs> yes. Wasn't a monster, just a very needy baby. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> yeah. When I was going to close my door, uh, Simba was like immediately on my heels, like, "Hey, I want in. Let me yeah. in." <laughs> He doesn't want to do anything in my room. He just, like, wants the option to be in it. <laughs> yep, for sure. Um, so Rachel falls off of Tobias, and she's left behind. Tobias is put in cube. Um, there's a lot of cubes in this. <laughs> yeah, and so he was he was halfway through, uh, quote-unquote, demorphing into Andalite. Yes, yeah. And then he's, like, paralyzed and then put into a box and carried around. And he's like, this sucks on ice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And he can't, like, reach anyone with mm-hmm. thought speak, and he's basically, like, Rachel's now, like, like paralyzed as a fly. She could get stuck as a fly. She could get stepped on. I don't know where anyone else is. Last time I saw Axe, he was running for his life. Like, mm-hmm. fuck. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Visser 3 comes in, um, and in just a little uh, comic relief from my own notes, uh, he's like, all right, time to test the anti-morphing ray bring in my scientists and he brings in two scientists and i wrote down i ship the scientists and then within eh, three sentences viscer three kills the scientists that was like so tragic, my notes just go, tragic love story yeah i ship the scientists my next bullet point is well the scientists have been fed to the taxon but i bet they kissed before that um, <laughs> oh it's good well it was, it, yeah, <laughs> it's it's still slightly shocking to see human controllers killed, not on screen, because they're just thrown into a taxon pit and the taxon pit is closed. Yeah. But like, you know, killed yeah. on screen. Like, We've all seen what taxons can do. <laughs> we know. <yeah. laughs> oh boy. Yeah. And I, it's really interesting uh tobias keeps it's not (laughs) taylor isn't like rachel just in that she's hot and blonde he also keeps being like "Ooh, she's so like violent and a little unstable and she i love the line he says at one point he's like no but inside she and rachel are like night and day because this person is evil and then he's like well they're at least like night and twilight (laughs) and it's like oh that is way more close Oh, you worried, you worried about Rachel, bud? Huh? <laughs> I think you might be. Oh, Rachel will be fine. <laughs> we get, um, I want to say 204 pages of Tobias being tortured. It is so intense. And it's, like, intense in a way that I don't know if we can really recount the details of, just because so much happens. Um, yeah, my my notes pretty much fall apart because it's really, and this is what I meant about it being so cinematic. Mm-hmm. Um, this entire sequence is explicitly visual. It's it's very much Tobias walking through his own memories and those memories transforming. It's like if it were on film, it would be an amazing dream sequence. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. 
And there's flashbacks, like, he gets, he has a flashback to being a little kid and, like, winning a prize for his art and asking his uncle to, like, celebrate it with him and his uncle not giving a shit. And then he also gets, because it's basically a torture device where she can not only give him physical pain but emotional pain and then also give him emotional like emotional highs yeah like show him all of his happiest memories to like compare and contrast and he's basically struggling between trying to hide his human self away so that he can survive the pain and then having it brought back out by all of these like really positive memories Mm -hmm. like he has happy memories of um petting his cat real good (laughs) Which I identify with so much. Yeah, right? When you make a cat super happy, it's like yeah. there's nothing like it. We get this the uh, visual of like, I think this must be when they, they rescued those rabbits when um, Tobias killed their mom, mm-hmm. right? And they rescued those little rabbits. Um, and we get a little a detail that Marco named the two baby rabbits Parsley and Pansy. It's so explicitly cute. said that Marco named him, and I love that. He's that's so adorable. <laughs> it's like yeah. not even a joke. It's just adorable. It's just adorable. Um, and it's like long. It's explicitly said that he like it gets so much physical pain that he like shits himself. Like, yeah. It's, it's rough. It's. Like, I know that we've joked before about this being a kid's series, but, like... This is probably the most intense it's ever gotten. Yeah. Like, and... This is the kind of thing, like, if I read this as a parent, I would not be sure about letting my kid continue this series until they're (laughs) of a certain age. Yeah, yeah. I I was, like... Because these are, like, marketed towards middle schoolers, not, like high schoolers you know what I mean it's like yeah totally even though this would be a very very intense book for high schoolers uh like young adult you know yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. so Um, (laughs) yeah it's it's a lot um and we like oh I just keep thinking about it because it and and it's like from Tobias's perspective like we are like feeling all of his pain with him yeah um he starts to dissociate himself like from his human self and his hawk self because the hawk can like compartmentalize the pain basically Mm -hmm. like it it can you know be detached from it because it's it's not sentient enough to really understand misery i guess just pain is just pain right. and that's whatever you know and 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 base and it's like the whole point of the torture is to try and get information out of him and he's like my human self knows that if i give this information then i can end this but my hawk self doesn't understand that my hawk self doesn't understand that there is a possible end to this and so it's not trying to escape so i have to be it oh <laughs> yeah it's, it's really just- interesting um also horrible but you know yeah totally Uh, mm -hmm. and then we sort of get when when taylor starts to get really frustrated that he's not breaking um and it's 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 um interesting to have it be like she's constantly threatening him like if you don't demorph soon you're gonna be a hawk forever you don't want to be a hawk forever do you and it's like you don't even know (laughs) she says this several times and it's like several times and every time i'm like smug about it right i know i feel like a little bit of like (laughs) (laughs) yeah and he basically gets her talking how do you feel about I, so I really like this character. There's a lot I like about 
like how she starts talking about herself I don't know how I feel about her origin story yeah it's so what I really, really, really like about this part is the constant change of pronouns between I, Me she, and we. Me too. I wrote that down as well. It's chilling and it's so good. Yeah, and it works really, really well. So yeah. her origin story is essentially that she was in a house fire. She was super, super popular. She was in a house fire. She's all deformed now uh, because of the fire. Uh, and then she's and like... her parents died in the fire, maybe? I think so. Yeah. It's not... Su- this, well, this it's all... It's, I think her mom is still alive, at least, because yeah. she was going to transfer oh, she over. she was the police. Of, yes. She yeah, was she was going to transfer over to her mom, but she was like, no, I want this, because she's got a, some sort of attachment to the, her house body, basically. Um, yeah, it's... Yeah, so she was a voluntary controller, basically, because the Yerks were like, yo, we can, like give you artificial limbs and we can like give you the surgeries you need to like look like yourself again and all this kind of thing that like we can actually give you that medical care which I thought like I don't know how I'm sure it was poignant still in the 90s but I feel like with American healthcare where it is now like you know 20 years later somebody being led into terrible evil so that they can get the health care that they need mm-hmm. is like an even more poignant commentary on the yeah. system than it was at the time <laughs> for sure um oh but i think what was really illuminating about this part is that there was so we have these constant shifts in like perspective and who seems to be talking at the time mm-hmm. um and it's and she's talking about how it was the sharing who offered her all of this, and then she so she was a quote unquote voluntary you know controller, mm-hmm. but so she agreed to all these things technically, but really didn't know what she was getting into. And sure, the uh, the subvisor is like, how could she have known? You know, yeah, like totally. really sympathetically. Um, obviously, uh, Taylor is. It has done some very reprehensible things in just the first book she was introduced. But I, <laughs> there's this really, really obvious tension between her duties as a Yerk and her, like, her, the intense empathy she has for her host. Sure, and yeah. It's, it's, it, it's interesting, and I'm very, very curious to see what they do with it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I was really intrigued by that, because at first I bristled at what seemed to be a fairly straightforward, like, oh, poor popular girl, realized she didn't have any real friends. Like, not discounting how much it sucks to realize you don't have real friends, that is devastating, mm-hmm. but I, I, it just felt too plain for me. And then it, I re- it was basically a story of, like, a community completely failing somebody and them getting recruited into something more powerful than them. Yeah. Um, which also might have some relevance in 2019. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Definitely. You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's, it's incredible. Um, it's so good. And then now that we've had two a series of just complete insanity we go into a new one where tobias starts to experience elfanger's memories oh yeah um as an elfanger is like hey uh don't be afraid like don't don't be afraid come with me and experience all of the highlights of my life and then how i died which is that comforting elf i don't know um he's <laughs> <laughs> <I love him. laughs> no. like an, an idiot. <laughs> 
And uh, we get a, we get Tobias very much about to die and recognizing that he's about to die and being sort of gently carried into this by his alien dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he just sort of comes back because the the he stops like she takes her hand off the button basically where he's being tortured and everybody came and this is i think especially uh affecting after because while he's being tortured a few times he's like how could they abandon me why aren't my friends here um because he's just in so much pain he can't recognize that like what he was saying before where he was like oh no everybody's in trouble and then he starts to be so hurt that he's like why did they leave me here right yeah where is everyone and then mm-hmm. everyone's there they came in on fleas we just get this incredible visual of like axe appearing out of nowhere <laughs> like literally and t- tobias like staring at him in confusion and axe being like yo toby stop staring at me everyone's here we're all fleas let's go yeah in basically and doing oh, the thought speak version of like putting a finger to his lips and just being yes, like it's exactly. totally cool <laughs> uh, chill um they very early on i loved this uh this chekhov's gun that i didn't even realize was one um which i don't know if that that maybe that might not be a Chekhov's gun, but um, <laughs> this the way that this like looped around where early on when they're meeting in the barn, Cassie is taking care of this dying eagle. Mm, um, mm-hmm. Even though she's she has admitted, she's like, no, this eagle is not going to survive. Like, there's no way. We're just going to try and make it as comfortable. Ooh, this is rough for what I'm going to say right after this. We're going to make it as comfortable as we can in its limited amount of time left. <laughs> um, and then the way that that plays out... <laughs> It's that they all turn into fleas and get on this eagle and let the eagle get captured as an anamorph. Captured on purpose. Captured on purpose. Eagle captured on purpose. (laughs) And uh, then they all come in as fleas and then eagle gets fed to the taxon. But, um, uh, you know. (laughs) (laughs) The sacrifices that have to be made so um, your friend doesn't fucking die. Yeah. This yeah. rescue plan goes so bad. <laughs> like, so bad. Like, I was just reading it, and I was like, oh my god, everyone is getting very, very hurt. Yeah, I I, I sent you... <laughs> when I sent you and Sarah that picture of me crying in the cafe, mm-hmm. um, it's because, like... So, Marco does... He sort of, like... F- rolls a whole bunch of like threes while he's trying to do all of his like stunts uh-huh. and he like he like gets up on some cables and they break but he manages to catch himself on other cables which break or something and he like throws himself onto something else but there's two hork there and they start beating the shit out of him um and like it's just it's constant he's failing upwards sort of but very much about to be killed <laughs> it's like, then, like yeah keeps rolling threes but to a dm that like wants to see him do something cool you know what I mean? exactly he's like he tries to do something and then he's like okay well you fail that give me a dex like save and then he gets that and then the next action yeah he just keeps fucking up um but or i guess it would like a seven to nine fail or like it succeeds but um yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and uh he uh, oh, the the thing that made me like I was getting a little bit teary eyed in all of these the one that like in quite a few points in this book the one point that made me actually like well up mm-hmm. um and have to like take a moment is that Marco is on top of this cube this glass cube that Tobias is in mm-hmm. and Tobias is like 
like you're about to get murdered like i can see you being stabbed repeatedly you're gonna die you have to forget about me and marco just says no (laughs) and i was like oh my god yeah i'm tearing up right now it is so intense like Like, there's absolutely no way the the emotions don't de-escalate after after he's literally not being tortured anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I was like, oh, finally, rescue. I get to breathe again. No, and it's like, no, no don't you don't. a single tension break. Yeah. Like, literally a single, it doesn't at all. It just right. keeps going and keeps getting worse. Mm-hmm. Like, even when they finally catch Taylor, they don't, like, fade to black or whatever. Uh, Rachel capture well and before they capture there's a whole bunch of stuff about like the cube breaks and now everybody's bodies are being dragged through broken glass let's describe that for two paragraphs yeah it's so Uh, rough (laughs) there's you know dracon beams are involved and people are getting shot it's just keeps happening and then bear rachel so taylor grabs tobias who's trying to morph into an andalite and she like threatens to throw him over a ledge and he manages to catch himself, but is very much aware that he's about to fall. And then Rachel grabs him, and then she grabs Taylor, and just starts beating her against a wall. Yeah. Like, it's so bloody. And then, of course, Tobias has to be like, Rachel, don't be like her. Be like Rachel. And Rachel's like, but she tortured you, dude. And he's like, yeah, but be the bigger person. Don't She's gonna commit die a murder. And, to be fair, to be fair. His point is not really be the bigger person. It's don't don't let this blood be on your hands when she's going to die anyway. Yeah. <laughs> like, Visser 3 is going to kill her. You don't have to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, um, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, they're all on a beach and we learn that Axe <laughs> likes to make kites. It is so cute it is like okay so it's like jarring the fact that it's just like death 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 hey beach Beach. um but like in a way that i was like oh thank god they're on a beach now i know um yeah he likes making kites he's making one out of uh plastic bags and like sticks or whatever yeah um he's like it's weirdly soothing you know Mm -hmm. just making and flying kites which is um absolutely adorable so good Mm -hmm. and such a great fit for him when you think about like that it's basically just an exercise in physics like (laughs) that kind of thing like oh my god you know that axe would be that like if he would be that kid who's like got really into making paper airplanes (laughs) yeah you know where everybody else would be like hee 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 fold 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 plink he'd be like now, okay, there, here's the thing. If you cut, he'd be that one who's, like, making the little, like, tail slits in the back. Yeah, he um, breaks out scissors to make yes. paper airplanes, absolutely. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody has time for that, but he does. <laughs> um, and we learned that there's, like, an ancient Andalite superstition that memories can be passed through DNA that appear at, at, at your death to, like, ease your passage That is, death. yeah. Yeah, that is so interesting that, like there are like religious beliefs surrounding the concept of DNA. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even think about it like that. Yeah, yeah. totally. Because I is, was thinking, yeah. I was thinking about it like as just as a, basically a metaphor for intergenerational trauma. Um, but yeah. I I think that that's more just the context of the books. Right. Um, <laughs> it works. It works that way yeah. definitely for sure. Um, but very very literally speaking, the fact that. Uh, 
Andalites are weird about science in a way that, and mm-hmm. DNA in a way, they're very up, very into DNA. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, that, yeah, they would have uh, spiritual or religious beliefs surrounding it is super cool to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. And then Rachel comes ra- racing over the dunes and they, she's Can't like, say, no. nice, nice day to be, nice day to be birds, huh? And Tobias is like, yeah, I love to be a bird. And then they kiss as humans, and then they go be birds, I guess. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Man, this, like, book was, I think, super jarring, especially compared to the previous one, which had some intense, like, emotional intensities to it, yeah. but was pretty light in its general subject matter. Uh, well... It, it, it was a little bit what more ridiculous, last, I guess. Oh, the last one was Rachel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. It was right. just, a, yeah, just a little bit, a little bit more ridiculous in the way that its intensities played out. Um, whereas this one is just, just torture. Yeah, <laughs> just, just straight torture. Straight torture as a way to like examine how child abuse affects someone. Uh, which yeah. a lot of that, like a lot of, hey, let's unpack specific trauma that is happening here there's because so so much of the torture that isn't just the physical pain is him remembering being deeply unwanted yeah like and then so much of his like happy stuff where he's like the the stuff that is clearly caused like like given him moments to like heal slightly was like him people showing kindness to him yeah um and it's oh and it was always even phrased in ways like, like it was just I was he just would assume it was temporary. Like there was this old woman I think, who oh yeah, mm-hmm, and I can't exactly remember how it was specifically phrased, but it was uh, she like gave him the opportunity to like pretend he, like he wasn't yeah. alone, you know, something right, like absolutely. that. Um, and that's Tobias. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Um, and it's, I just love him so much. I love all the other kids, but if there were one that I could just pluck out of the story and put yeah. somewhere safe. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely. Um, and it's, it's, I, sorry, go ahead. Um, well, I was just thinking that like, e- even though he is surrounded by people who care about him, give a shit about him, uh, such fraught circumstances. And he's also just a bird all the time. And he's it's, also just a bird all the time. And it's like, he, it's obviously something he kind of leaned into at you know at first and still you know he has angst about it but more you know he prefers it to having to be in the human situation he was before um but it's still like a pretty isolating experience you know yeah yeah um i I think it's wanted to have a hug (laughs) i know i just want to hug him a lot Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) and the thing i was just thinking about was that um with him leaning into it, it's interesting how many times, it's only a couple times that he, he mentions it, but it's enough that he talks about how his entire job is, like, security detail. Yeah. Um, and he's like, I'm the eyes and ears. And at, at a certain point, Jake, like, when he's wondering if Jake is actually being honest with him or just trying to, like, gas him up so that he's a better team player, <laughs> yeah. um, is Jake being like, what would I do without you? Like, we need you, you know, flying around doing your thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's interesting in the context of Tobias's whole life where he's like, I found these people and now I will do anything to protect them. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. 
He, he's good. He's a good he's child. He's good. Very good child. <laughs> oh, man. Well. <laughs> yep. Um, honestly, things feel like they're kicking up. I'm really excited to see how the latter half of this series finishes off. Because I feel like we're not, we are like a good 17 books away from, or more, maybe 20 um, from Endgame, Endgame, but I think we are um, gaining momentum towards Endgame at this point, so. Yeah, it's hard to imagine, like, <laughs> how can there be any breaks before the end at this point, you Right, know? right. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, <laughs> things just keep getting more. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, because we have 23 books left. Oh, do we? Oh, we have way yeah. more than I thought we did. Yeah. Well, that, they'll fill, fill them somehow, <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, because um, it's, uh, the last book is book 54. Yeah. And then there's the Elemis Chronicles and other Megamorphs, and the one I'm very, very, very excited about in just about a month, uh, is the Visser book. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, it's my evil himbo. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> oh, man. Well, um, yeah. So thank you all for listening to this week's Fear Banning. Uh, mm-hmm. If you want to support the show, you can go. Uh, mm, different one. Oh, not Fear Banning. <laughs> I haven't even been on that in well over a month. Um, thank, you for, <laughs> thank you for listening to this week's uh, The Wonder Yerks. If you want to support the show, you can uh, send us some money at... Uh, Patreon.com forward slash fearbaiting. Thanks to our $5 patrons, Michael Kaiser, Paul Moran, Kid Spindler, Paul Bechdel, Dougie Aisha, and Sophie. Uh, you can tweet at us um, uh, at the Wonder Yurts on Twitter. Uh, you can rate and review us on iTunes if you want to do that. Those are the things people say. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you can also check out our sister podcast, uh, Fearbaiting, which is the one that Sarah does, who is not here today. Um, uh, about horror movies. Uh, you can also see, check out her other podcast, Henry Kissinger's Pokemon Going to Die, and all the other podcasts at our net- the network we are hosted by, uh, noisebase.xyz. Uh, if you want to find me online, you can do so at Blair Kitch on Twitter and Blair Kitch literally everywhere else online. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you can find my other podcast where I make little songs to solve little problems at Musical Mole on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at Nudity with an E-A instead of a Y. That was my ginger ale. I apologize. I got a little excited uh, to drink it and maybe, you know, sort of sort of pop the top a little early there. <laughs> oh, who can blame you? Honestly. And I'd just like to apologize one more time for the fidget spinner in last episode. I genuinely, I went to Sarah and I was like, hey, there's some weird noises in your audio. Did you like change something? And there were like traffic noises. And she was like, oh, I think that it's just like the time change. And maybe my window was open or something or whatever it was. She couldn't quite figure it out. And she was, and I was like, also, there's like the sound of running water. Like, were you beside a bathroom or something? Or like, uh, like was the, was somebody in the kitchen? It's not a problem. I'm just really curious about what the fuck it is. And she was like, I don't think that's in my audio i'm listening now and i don't hear it and i was like oh no because i like reached for my fidget spinner while we were having this conversation and heard 
And I was like, oh, it's my <laughs> shitty dollar store fidget spinner. Oh. And it's throughout the entire episode. I was holding it as far away as I could, but it's apparently very loud. <laughs> so now we know. Um, yeah. <laughs> I didn't say anything because I didn't want to be rude. But I, like, and I didn't even know it was your fidget spinner. I was like, someone's vaping right now. I yeah. hope that's doing them well. I hope they're yeah, having a good it's, time it's... vaping during this podcast. <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, well thank you all so much for listening we will see you again <laughs> in two weeks um, but until then I have been Blair <laughs> and um, uh, and uh, remember keep your hand on the escort bias <laughs> <laughs>